Hey beginners, Patrick here. Welcome to AFB Aliens for Beginners podcast. I'll be continuing my discussion on what I consider the most important mass sighting of the 20th century and the most important UFO documentary of the 21st century. The incident in question would be the Aerial School incident, which took place in Rua, Zimbabwe, Africa in September of 1994 when during a UFO flap lasting for three or four days, with hundreds of reported sightings, a craft landed near a rural school in full view of children who were playing outside during a recess. The children saw the craft land and two beings emerge. These beings attempted to communicate telepathically with some of the children. The story was taken up by BBC reporter Tim Leach, which eventually led to the involvement of Cynthia Hind, investigative journalist and continental head of MUFON for Africa, and Harvard University head of psychiatry, Dr. John Mack. If you have not checked out part one, please do so before proceeding with part two. It's a quick 14-15 minute listen chock full of info relevant to part two. All of the information in both episodes is gleaned from the 2022 documentary, Aerial Phenomenon. That's Aerial, spelled A-R-I-E-L, not to be confused with the term UAP, or Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, spelled A-E-R-I-L. Aerial is simply the name of the school in Zimbabwe. John Mack, Pulitzer Prize-winning head of the Department of Psychiatry at Harvard University, stated at the time, quote, We came away convinced that an extraordinary event occurred here, quite unique in UFO history, end quote. Mack stated that if anything should ever persuade a closed-minded skeptic, that this event should. Mack gave a talk at John Hancock Hall in Boston, where he stated, quote, I believe overall this is a phenomenon of enormous complexity, meaning, and value for understanding of ourselves, who we are in the universe, and we're just beginning to grasp what this is about. That about sums it up, right? I'm going to read that quote again. I believe overall this is a phenomenon of enormous complexity, meaning, and value for understanding ourselves, who we are in the universe, and we're just beginning to grasp what this is about. Let's break the statement down and take a look at its key points. Point number one, enormous complexity. That's an understatement. I've heard Linda Moulton Howe say that trying to parse out the meaning and implications of the E.T. phenomenon is like trying to play a 16-layer chess game. This is further exacerbated by the human mind's desire to see things in simple cut-and-dried packages. We want black and white, good and evil, right and wrong, to be clearly denoted for us. We need a god and a devil to know what side we are on. We have no tolerance for things and concepts that don't fit conveniently in our little boxes. 
Consider the plight of young Emily from part one, whose ultra-religious parents ripped her and her brother out of the aerial school and forbid any discussion of the matter to Emily's considerable detriment. Point number two. Meaning and value for understanding of ourselves and of who we are in the universe. What could these beings tell us about ourselves? Were they attempting to communicate with children because they are more receptive? Were they hoping to have an impact down the road when these kids grew up? So many cases we hear about descriptions of aliens attempting to communicate to young children ideas and concepts seemingly far beyond their ability to comprehend. What is our relationship to these beings? How are we viewed by these and other beings throughout the universe? Point number three, we are just beginning to grasp what this is all about. That statement was made nearly 30 years ago and seemingly holds just as true today. John Mack became somewhat famous for his work on this subject appearing on Larry King Live, The Today Show, CNN, even Oprah. Mac began to discuss his practice on UFO experiencers and began to set up support groups so they could connect with others like them, something that was previously denied to many of these folks. Mac recognized that the people in these groups discussed their experiences the same way people in any other type of support group would, would discuss their experiences. Stated Mac, quote, I was stuck with this dilemma. What do you do at that point? Do you say, well, I'm sorry. This has got to be some kind of mental illness I've never heard of before. Or do you say maybe what I thought was possible wasn't complete? End quote. Ariel alum Emma Christensen stated, quote, If someone is a staunch believer that it's not... How is me telling them my experience going to change the way they think? It will only change what they think about me. It's not going to change what they think about the universe. But with 60 of us all saying it together, that will change what that one person thinks of the universe. End quote. Perhaps that was what the alien's intention all along. You know, people ask, why don't they just come down and land on the White House lawn? Why don't they just show themselves? Why don't they just come fix all our problems? I think the answer to those questions may be us. We are the reason they can't do those things. And do, you, and do they need to find ways to slowly and subtly move the human consciousness in the right direction? Seems that may be the case. Unfortunately, the stuffed shirts in academia did not share John Mack's enthusiasm or idealism for the unusual endeavor he had embarked upon. The president of Harvard University's lawyer said to Mack, quote, What do you think it's like for the dean of the medical school to see one of his professors on Oprah Winfrey saying that men, women, and children are being taken by little green men? End quote. At that same time, a one Dr. Paul McHugh, professor of psychiatry at Johns Hopkins University, when asked if the profession was embarrassed by Mac, Mr. Dr. McHugh replied, quote, Oh, yes, we are very embarrassed. Embarrassed for the profession, 
and a little, little worried about John himself, end quote. No doubt Professor McHugh had done a thorough investigation of the facts before making this statement. McHugh further said that while Mac was a man of great gifts and intelligence, he, quote, tended to take an enthusiasm, and this time he's gone too far. We're worried about him. We hope he'll pull himself together, end quote. Wow. One would have to wonder why jolly Professor McHugh felt so emboldened to go on camera and disparage his colleague in such a way that could even possibly open him up to a lawsuit. Was he sincere in his concerns? Or was he just part of a cover-up? Was he instructed to make these statements? These are valid questions. Harvard Medical School assembled a committee to investigate Dr. John Mack. Concern for the subjects of his projects as well as possible violation of medical standards was cited. J. Wesley Boyd, Ph.D. Associate Professor of Psychiatry at present-day Harvard, stated in an interview for the Aerial Phenomenon documentary that, quote-unquote, particularly in the West, people tend to only believe what they see, and their presuppositions are based on our modern technology being the be-all and end-all. Stated Boyd, quote, a lot of the criticism about John and John's work presupposed that it was simply impossible that people could be visited by aliens, that aliens even exist, end quote. Arnold Relman, editor of the New England Journal of Medicine and a critic of Dr. Mack, and on the committee investigating him at the time by Harvard, stated as much claiming, quote, I am morally and virtually certain that what we're dealing with is some kind of internal psychological phenomenon. It is inconceivable to me that these people are being abducted by aliens, end quote. So I guess we are bound by what's conceivable to this clown? How does he explain 60 children seeing the same thing and drawing the same thing and describing the same thing? That is one heck of a psychological phenomenon. According to Daniel Sheehan, federal civil rights attorney from Harvard Law School, quote, Harvard University was the kind of global champion of the classical liberal worldview. And that he, Dr. John Mack, was trying to propose an alternate, alternative worldview with the reality of extraterrestrial intelligence. Well, that's an interesting thought, is it not? That Harvard and presumably all the so-called places of higher learning are the guardians of the acceptable worldview. John Mack stated that he thought what was at stake, what was threatened by these revelations, the reason people felt threatened, the reason that the champions of the worldview felt threatened, was the human, quote-unquote, sense of egoism. Sense of value, sense of who we are. John Mack recounted how Freud stated 
there were three great blows throughout history to the human ego. Number one, Copernicus' discovery that the Earth was not the center of the universe. Number two, the discovery by Darwin that we humans are not particularly different from other mammals. Number three, that we are not necessarily really in charge of our own individual lives. And Max states that the fourth could be that we are far from being the most advanced intelligent creatures in the universe. On August 4th, 1995, after a year of closed-door meetings, a three-member panel set up by Harvard to investigate John Mack announced that they would not take disciplinary action against him. They reaffirmed Mack's academic freedom and good standing with the university. However, they did meet with him to admonish him as follows, that he should not, quote, in any way to violate the high standards for the conduct of clinical practice and clinical investigation that have been the hallmarks of this faculty, end quote. Dr. John Mack died some 10 years later, in September of 2004, when he was struck by an alleged drunk driver and apparently killed on impact while he was in Britain to speak at a conference unrelated to the topic that made him famous. I'm going to conclude part two of the aerial school incident for beginners right here. The documentary Aerial Phenomenon is available on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, among other venues. Uh, it's not free. It costs a, a few bucks to buy it. But, uh, you know, if you, if you are serious about this topic at all, you must, you must watch this documentary. It is a it is a must see documentary. You have footage of the original interviews of the children in 1994. Tim Leach's interviews with the children, Cynthia Hines' interviews with the children, Dr. John Mack's interviews with the children. You have his original critics from the time speaking on camera, McHugh, uh, the other guy, Elman, and then uh, they cut back and forth between. Night the 1994 and the present day, where you have uh, student uh, Ariel alum Emily going back to the school for a reunion, and she was the girl whose parents ripped her out of the school after the incident on religious grounds, and forbid it to be to be discussed in their family, and it goes back and forth. You can see the pictures that the children drew. Uh, they found Emily's pictures when she returned to. The aerial school, the picture that she drew, they were able to produce that for her. And it's, it's quite moving. And the, the impacts of this event that carried into the adult lives of these children is significant. But it has, it has more to do with the response to the people around them, their family and friends, uh, that, that created most of the difficulty and the trauma resulting from from the incident the incident to them is is still it's still fresh it's crisp and every one of them that was interviewed in the movie can describe describe it to a t what they what they saw and uh it had a, a lasting impact and so i wonder you know was that was that the being's intention is that their intention when they contact these children
that, you know, some 20, 30 years later, they're going to be talking about this. They're going to bring it to the surface again. And then people like me are going to be looking at it and, and, and we're going to be juxtaposing, just, uh, juxtaposing what happened back then, what's going on now, and particularly now with all this, you know, stuff that's in the news, uh, it's quite meaningful. So I'm going to end it there. Check out my other episodes, including my two one-hour special interviews with author Tim Moon on the topic of Bigfoot. There's a Bigfoot Fun Facts edition when we got some pretty wild fun facts in there. There's uh, I interviewed Tim about his book Tomato Fields. That's pretty interesting. I got an episode on alien genetics uh, regarding a really interesting Reddit uh, post by an alleged uh, microbiologist whistleblower. I got fun facts about Skinwalker Ranch episode in there. You can listen to the stuff that happened back in the day when the Shermans owned the ranch. There's other fascinating episodes full full of outside-of-the-box ideas. So if you find my podcast worth a listen, please tell a friend. If you would be inclined to rate the podcast on its content, thoughtfulness, presentation of unusual ideas, please do so. Thanks for tuning in. Take care.